0: I like to reflect a little bit on um, the the refuges in general, um, going for refuge and uh, practicing refuge, going for refuge, and uh, and then uh, today I'm going to focus on the Buddha and Dharma as refuges, and then tomorrow I'll talk about sangha. So, um, so going for refuge uh, in some in some traditions, it's a an actual a kind of initiation, a formal um, like public ceremony that it, it's it's a, a public expression of one's commitment to um, enter the path uh, and. Um, and it's also, of course, an ongoing practice. Um, where this uh, insight meditation is in the early Buddhist school of uh, teachings, and uh, and I have not seen that done as a in my experience in um, as a kind of a formal rite of entering it onto the path. Um, it's uh, it, although it could. Be done, and perhaps in some traditions, um, maybe in some of the traditional uh, practice lineages that I'm not familiar with, it could be done. Um, In my experience, it's it's an everyday practice that you know when we do our practice or when we come together to practice that um, that we go for refuge, and of course. It's not always done uh, in among Western Buddhist um, teachings, because, or you know, in in Western Buddhist practice communities, because it's um, there's not necessarily an assumption that one is entering into a relationship with the Buddha Dharma Sangha uh, that that one has made that choice. I know I, I've uh, sometimes been reticent to to incorporate that in my. Um, my practices. Um, so uh, so going for refuge uh, or um, yeah, going for refuge, which is the um, the actual literal translation of um Budang chami," Gachami, uh Sangam Sarnang uh, it's sometimes called taking refuge, but going for refuge is is actually the literal translation, and uh, and so it implies that we are uh, somehow aware that we are in danger, of becoming lost, of of drowning in samsara, of uh, we we're, we're in danger of endless cycling through realms of suffering, transient pleasures and confusion. So it implies a kind of discernment that um, that we recognize that we're caught or hooked or stuck in repeating habits that create misery for ourselves and others. Um, so so there's this sense of you know seeking safety, trustworthiness, safe harbor from danger. And that's actually a um, a certain a certain accomplishment, I like to actually know, oh, there's something that could help me. Uh, it's and that that I'm caught. You know, I tend to get caught, uh, and yeah. Um, uh, so looking, looking for well, what what can I? Where is there safety? Where where can I get some help? So so it's that. It's that, as I mentioned earlier, it's that kind of um, shift in direction or a choosing a direction. And then, and then it's an act that is, as, as practice deepens, uh, and we, we, we come to understand um, what practice means, it becomes a deeply intimate um, orientation and reorientation uh, that's repeated over and over in our lives. These are reliable values. This is a way that I can direct myself, uh, aligning with wakefulness, aligning aligning with nature, um, with, with a deep insight into the nature of things, um, aligning with our conscious capacity to be aware, to be awake and present in our lives. Choose. Um, when in in uh, researching each of this retreat I um, I came across a, a short talk from Ajahn Suchito who uh, Ajahn Suchito is uh, a monk in the Thai forest tradition uh, it's a monastic tradition um, that is has um, been very present in bringing um, the these uh, the Dharma to the West um, in a in, within a monastic um, lineage, and um, and I uh, he's one he's a teacher that really speaks to my heart, and um, I found it very interesting that he speaks about the difference between an attitude of attachment towards the conditioned world, so uh, kind of always looking for the next thing, the next. Um, thing that will make me feel more satisfied momentarily, and then that fades, and so on. And an orientation toward the unconditioned or Nirvana, awakening. As uh, uh, and he, um, so the unconditioned is this is this mind that doesn't grasp, the mind that doesn't resist, the mind that is open and. Um, uh, and connected, connected to our experience in a way that's not pushing and pulling. It's not and and getting lost in it. And also a mind that doesn't um, get confused and space out and zone out. So, so this unconditioned awareness um, is is a, a mind of, of clarity and openness, non-preference. Um, so, so he uses a kind of analogy between, you know, the the ordinary world of samsara uh, and a, an orientation toward awakening as analogous to being attached to time or being more oriented toward space so, and samsara uh, or that. Getting and getting rid of and becoming and so on. Um, we're concerned with getting something for the future, or we're we're into anger, resentment, or longing about something that happened in the past. Um, we're confused. Um, the expression "go" is used wandering on, so we're wandering on and on in um, that time and causality. Um, and 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 uh, Suchito ex, ex suggests that going for refuge is something that's outside of time, and um, and we could think of it as more space than time. So in space, we think, if we use this analogy, we're orienting toward, toward openness, toward recognizing how we, how, how, that how we structure our understanding, how we relate to life can be quite narrow. And, and opening to being becoming bigger, becoming wider than that. Um, recognizing that that the story that we tell ourselves is not the whole story, and we can begin to experience uh, this in meditation. As as the mind becomes calm, uh, we can open up some space around our stories and preoccupations and we can begin to see as the mind becomes still and and we recognize gotten hooked and then let go we don't have to push it away but we just let go and we can see how they dissolve when we stop holding on to them maybe not right away but Everything is of the nature to change. And so when we stop energetically grasping on to our stories and preoccupations and we find a space that's bigger around it, around them, they begin to shift and move and move through us. Just opening up it beginning to open up to a sense of the body, uh, and inhabiting the body in a way that um, that we we have a sense of the wholeness of the body and abiding in awareness of its changing and moving presence. Uh, that even that simple practice can open up more spaciousness in the mind because we could get so caught and constricted and contracted around a story that we forget we have a body. <laughs> we get disconnected from our body. Um, certainly experience that. So so this movement out of the mindset of gain and loss and getting somewhere. And um, Ajahn Suchito calls this... A faith orientation. So uh, so faith, we, we often associate the faith with theistic religions. Uh, so faith, something bigger than myself. Um, and uh, it's bigger, it's bigger than me. Uh, I can't make life obey me. I can't, I can't control according to my preferences. So, relaxing into it, a kind of a faith in the sacred. Or we can think of it as a faith in the lawfulness of the Dharma. Trusting in the open question. Keeping that open question. How can I be more fully here, more fully alive, more free? So trusting that, orienting ourselves in that direction, orienting ourselves in the Dharma, uh, allows the unfolding. That discovery. So that's um, so I found that interesting, uh, just and I wanted to offer to you that that sense of that linear time and and the timelessness or the openness. Of, uh, of sense of um, presence in the refuges, um, finding uh, finding oneself, orienting oneself in the refuges. We, the, um, when we talk, so now I'm going to talk a little bit about Buddha and Dharma specifically. Mm. So generally, when we uh, when there's teaching given about the refuges, um, there's an outer teaching and there's an inner teaching. So um, so the outer teaching about the Buddha is a sense that this was a, a historical figure, a human being who um, who lived who. Um, went on a spiritual journey um, and uh, and came to awakening and um, and so the essential bit of information in there is that this was a human being as as we are this was not a god this was not a demigod this was a human being and um, and so we have this capacity as well so um, uh, so I, I think that is is um, is really key uh, and another thing that is helpful in in considering the Buddha as refuge is uh, is in if when we read the discourses about the Buddha and the, the, the discourses in the Pali tradition are all um, teachings given by the Buddha but they're also descriptions of of the Buddha and and what he did and how he appeared and how he acted and um, and we see and discover that that um, he embodied really beautiful qualities. And again, we uh, these qualities exist within us. We we have this these, this capacity, and and we can develop them. Um, one of the first teachings that he gave was to. Uh, some friends that he had practiced with um, before, he decided to to go on a different, uh, to take another approach to, pra- to his practice. Um, and they had practiced very austere, ascetic practices. And uh, and then he, when he came back to share what he he had experienced with them, they noticed that he was radiant. There was a, there was a kind of radiance. And, um, so, you know, I don't take that literally to mean that you know rays of light were coming from him that there was a quality of being, a quality of presence he had and I have I have been with people who have been radiant, um, you know, maybe in the moment, maybe maybe they're radiant a lot of the times um that I've met them, but uh, they they have this quality. Uh, they express compassion. My first teacher that I met, um, the quality of his being was something very special. And I, again, I couldn't really um, name what it was, but it was something very special. Um, we can see the patience, the truthfulness, the kindness um, I want to, uh, to read a little poem from um, this book, The First Free Women, um, Poems of the Early Buddhist Nuns. It's a, uh, a fairly recent translation, and it, it's a um, poem by uh, a nun named Sujata, and the title is Born at the Right Time. The day began just like any other. We dressed, ate breakfast, and went to the park. As we were passing the Anjana woods, I remember someone saying, Let's go see the monastery. We pushed open the door, and there he was. How did I know? It was the eyes. I sat down, and the Buddha taught me the Dharma. You there, be ready. Does today feel just like any other day? So that that experience of connecting with this person um, uh, was very profound for her, and uh, and so this. Um, this refuge is, is open to us. Um, and, uh, and we can also um, experience devotion to uh, beings that we feel embody these awakened qualities. Um, and so these can also be practices. Uh, um, so. So sometimes people, uh, sometimes people have a, a devotional um, relationship with the Buddha, which can be very heart-nourishing. Um, the, a sense of loving the Buddha, a sense of being um, in connection with the Buddha. These are uh, beautiful practices that we can um, sense a relationship. It, it could also be another being, like um, Tara, which is a, uh, a feminine embodiment in, in, in the Tibetan tradition, a feminine embodiment of awakening um, or kuan yin, coming from the Chinese and Japanese traditions. So there, there are ways of connecting with awakened beings that bring our hearts and a sense of relationship and these, are, these can really nourish our practice. And they are skillful means and and very deep. Um, and, and I think um, have been left over left, left out in some uh, iterations of um, Western Dharma uh, um, until recently. So the inner, the essential meaning of going for refuge in the Buddha is aligning ourselves with wakefulness, uh, which is our core being. Capacity to know, mindful, this original brightness of awareness. So what do we know? We know whatever is arising in our experience. The knowing is the open awake mind. so when the mind is not clouded and in the and, and colored and and made murky by um, by different kinds of uh, afflictive emotions and the mind is not in the throes of grasping or hating or confusion, then the mind is, Open and and awake, and we ha- we all have this capacity. Uh, and so, going for refuge in the Buddha is aligning ourselves with this awake mind. Um, and 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 we know what's arising in our experience. Um, without judging, without identifying with it, without preferring this over that. Um, and so, so, we can't immediately as we talk about Buddha mind, the aware mind, knowing mind, the clear mind, we can't separate that from Dharma, which is you know which is knowing, knowing something, knowing what's arising uh, and and when. Uh, when we're awake, we can we can experience the mind knowing itself in its unconditioned nature. So that is something that you know, opens um, in the mind when uh, when the mind is ripe. Um, and and practice is simply knowing. Uh, knowing what is arising in experience without pushing it away, without uh, preferring this over that. So what does Dharma mean? Um, so the, the outer meaning of Dharma uh, are the, the teachings. Uh, the teachings of um, uh, of the Buddha. So, uh, seeing the impermanent nature of things, seeing seeing the that that we can't hold on to our experiences, that when we do create suffering. Um, Dharma simply means how things are. Um, and uh, to know how this is right now. So we might follow particular Dharma teachings, such as mindfulness of breathing, generosity, patience. Um, so those are helping to align our minds with things um, are, with the nature of things, the truth. Or, Dharma can simply mean being open and present, even if we're not remembering any particular text or teaching or instruction, just turning toward our experience and being open. Ajahn Sumedho, another of these Thai Forest monks, says the essential practice of refuge is that the inner refuge of awareness meets the inner refuge of the way things are. And the Buddha knows the Dharma. The Buddha knows the Dharma. So the mind knows what's happening without trying to change it, push it away or so So that's sincere intention, enacted over and over again, to take refuge in openness and awareness, recognizing that there is no real refuge from suffering in denial, rejection, in avoidance, or in escape into pleasant feelings. The Buddha was very astute in, in recognizing that pleasant experiences do offer a momentary relief from what's unpleasant and difficult. And he said those who were untutored in the Dharma when faced with pain, would flee pleasant sensations. There's a brief respite, but it's not a real refuge because it's impermanent and the next moment it's gone. The precepts are a kind of protection that help us to remember it's not ultimately helpful to flee from what is difficult by escaping into the senses. They're a protection to practice restraint and abstain from harming ourselves or others, and they teach us respect for all beings. So, knowing our moment by moment experience, this is the inner refuge in the Dharma. What arises from conditions is everything we experience through our senses, is always dukkha, unfulfilling and unsatisfactory. When we attach to it, if we don't attach to it, what arises through the senses can be pleasant, it can be unpleasant, it can be neutral. Just what's happening. We can be with it. And we can enjoy it. Or we can know the pain of it. We know that it is not what we are. And we know that it's impermanent. So, so we've all been in this story that we, we find ourselves in some kind of mood or in some kind of, of um, situation where uh, we're reactive, maybe jealousy, maybe anger, resentment, uh, feeling left out, feeling like we're excluded. Um, there's contraction and there's suffering we've all been in this story some version of it and uh, maybe very recently Um, and and at some point mindfulness wakes us up and we recognize ah there's suffering it's the first thing that Buddha said is important to notice. First of the four noble truths. Oh, there's suffering. And and waking up, we become aware of it. Become aware of oh, anger is like this. Jealousy is like this. Contraction is like this. Confusion is like this. Acknowledge it. Feel the stickiness, the contraction of it. Be with it. With kindness, with compassion. And allow it to dissolve. Because what is of the nature it arises of the nature to pass away. So we... In practice, we see all the less attractive aspects of our, of our psychology, our personality, and, and we're witnessing that, we're opening up to that, we're opening into it. That is the Buddha knowing the Dharma, Buddha knowing Dharma. Again, Ajahn Suchito um, talks about faith in the process of unfolding, clears out the shadows, our irritation, our grouchiness, closing down, our constriction, they're all a contraction coming from frustration, frustration of love, frustration of being. There's it's it's not it's not coming out of some badness. It's coming out of a heart that wants to be happy and somehow has not found way. And so so that that closing down, that constriction, we can turn toward the natural potential that we need to open up we need to open out wide we need to open the heart so it asks of us a kind of fearlessness which we perhaps need to find our way toward in our own at our own pace in our own way courage to be with how we are in a wide spacious way your process be intimate with who you are, with what is coming through you right now, and it's revealed by that that part of us, that core of our being, which is wise and knowing. There's a, an expression, Ali, "Ehi pasiko," which literally means "Come and see." Ehi pasiko. Uh, and, and the Buddha never asked us to um, take anything on belief, but he always said, come and see. We all create the world we live in through our perceptions. Our perceptions are formed of our experience and many conditioning factors, so... so Two of us might be standing on the street together side by side and see some event happening. People walking by, house, dog running, anything. And we perceive it differently because of the conditioning of our perceptions, our our minds, experiences, our upbringing, all the conditioning factors of our lives. So taking refuge reminds us not to believe our conditioned perceptions, but that's not the end of the story. might be how we're taking it in, but it's not the end, it's not the whole story. The reality of this moment is Dhamma, and the Buddha, our inner awakeness, realizes the way it is, which is impermanent, dukkha, and anatta. Permanent anicca, dukkha, anatta. Permanent, ungraspable, unreliable, and everything contingent, everything interdependent. Of course, all of these topics are deep and can take much more Um, So if you want to dive more deeply into part of it, you might um, sign up for one of our small groups and we can take a piece of it and uh, explore it more deeply. So if we have trust in awareness, everything in our life can help us awaken. Our responsibilities are not obstacles our work our relationships perhaps sometimes we feel that they get in the way but they don't they don't get in the way of becoming free that's a belief that we might have that's perception we can recognize true nature the dhamma in everything everything can be a teaching and a teacher for us and when we're fully aware we know the world as the world, and we can be with the world with an open heart and an open mind. So, thank you for your attention, for being present, and for listening to the Dhamma. Thank you for listening.